Welcome to the No Pressure, No Diamonds podcast, where entrepreneurs come to harness their struggles, doubt, fear, negativity, and setbacks. They place pressure on the blessing of adversity to become the strong, fearless, excited, passionate winner they were destined to be. A diamond. Welcome back, man. Uh, no Pressure, No Diamonds. My name is Alex Rose. I got my boy. Thomas Solano. Yeah, man. And we got a special guest, man. I think... Yo, this is the return. first, the return, return bro, yeah. the return, man. Uh, great friend, um, you know, man, one of my dearest friends. You know what I'm saying? Somebody you could just go to, you, you know, you just got somebody you could just go to anything with. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And, and trust him with their, trust him with just uh, life altering information, and um, and and we've built just such an amazing, you know, friendship. You know, since I was on no feet shorter than I am now, and. Um, and I'm just so glad to have this guy back on the podcast, man. Uh, Mr. Pastorpreneur, Tommy Pickens. How's it going, brother? <laughs> it's going good, man. I'm happy to be here with you guys. It's good energy, and uh, I'm blessed to be back on the show. Yeah, boy, we getting into it today, bro. We getting into it today, <laughs> Where are we going? <laughs> Where are we going? Nah, you know what, bro? Let, man, let me just start this up, bro, because I'm taking it a whole different turn. But I don't know if y'all even checked it out yet. Maybe, maybe not. But I checked out the Kanye West, the first part of the documentary yesterday. Oh, I, just, bro. I just seen that on Netflix. Last Yo, week. if you haven't take took a look at it, man, I recommend because you know what is it called? Something genius uh, or genius? Yeah, but it's genius. spelled G R J E E N and then Y U H genius, and then it's an S, I believe, at the end. So. Yo, when I talk about, so I sorry to have our kind of this preconceived notion of Kanye West. So I had like an early preconceived notion, like man, this dude was a beast, dude was killing in the game. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, and then he kind of switched up. You know, kind of started you know acting a little bit a certain type of way. But you know, after seeing the doc, or at least the first part, I think it's gonna be in three parts. The first part, I have a way better understanding of how he is, how he is. You know, and especially his relationship with his mom, too, which is very, very interesting. It's in the documentary because just to have like, I mean, they had this stuff back from like 97, 98, bro. Like it was it was crazy. And for them to, you know, you know, he was like, man, is this vain for me to be taping my life? Like, this is kind of weird. You know what I'm saying? He was talking to it about the people. But just seeing how much um, foresight he had when nobody was, you know, nobody was checking. For, I mean. They was just, and he was producing major records for like Jay Z and all this, all these other people. And they was like, no, 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 you're a DJ. Like, relax. You know what I'm saying? You like, we were, he was playing like hit records that we know now in places. And they was like, no, 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 no. You know, uh, but it was just so interesting, man, to see how much work. I mean, in years and years and years and years of just getting doors shut on him and all these different things. Even though he had little successes, but that just made me think of my own life. Of, you know, you have certain things maybe not go a certain way or as you see how it should go but if you're not clear on your vision and he was i mean insanely i mean when you talk about clarity like 99 2000 2001 2002 i think his college dropout i didn't come out till like 2004 or 5 or something like that i believe and i think 2004 yo his clarity on like he was like yo you guys have no idea what what i'm doing here you know his clarity was so intense and, you know, everybody thought he was just so annoying, but he was just clear. He was like, I'm gonna play you my music. I'm playing, I'm playing it. And uh, just to see his fortitude, man, and see how he's like, 
even though doors is getting shut on him, man. Just I, I, I gain a whole new, pers- you know, just a different type of respect for him. Because sometimes you be like, dang, like, like, you know, they worked hard. You know, you know, they went through the stuff, you know, that, like, you know, they, they've been through something. But it was good to just see a little piece of it and to see how his relationship was with his mom. But, uh, you know, I, just for y'all out there, I recommend y'all to go see that, man, just because, um, just to have uh, and the people that are filming it are really great too mm-hmm. you know they they put everything on the line just to go and they moved from where they was going to move from and everything just to film it wow you know but just to see that man that that put that put things in a different perspective for me just out of you know it, you know you, it's not just working hard man mm-hmm. it's not just working hard you have to have persistence mm-hmm. and consistency so you know it's, it's interesting though you said something in there that was that was kind of key was he didn't um he had he had like vision and he had drive and he knew what he wanted out of life um and that's why but he's where he's at but there's hiccups along the way which is interesting and i've learned to embrace the hiccups um mm. because it's like we all we get excited we got vision we got dreams it's like let's go especially being young you know we shoot out the gates like a thoroughbred but what about when life starts happening? Yeah. Right? Or what about when you start happening to yourself? And it's just a combination of so many different things, uncontrollable variables, people passing away, relationships ending, losing a job, income, whatever. Life happens. And it's like sometimes that vision, it's like when you drive and then it starts raining. And it's like, <laughs> you know, what do we normally do when it's raining? We flip on the windshield wiper. But how come in life sometimes? We literally don't flip that on. And I've been guilty of that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like my vision is getting obscured. How don't, why don't I turn on the windshield wiper? Normally we continue to drive with our vision messed up and we start to internalize. And then even for myself, sometimes I'll start looking out the rearview mirrors to start living my life, which is living life from your past. So it's like, it's such a battle but I'm learning to embrace it because I think that's where the strength comes from and learning from it, right? Which segues into the bread, right? Yeah. So crazy conversation. We're talking about a conversation that Thomas and I had yesterday was with a really wise guy. Yeah. Because this was on my heart, you know? And um, I'm in a season of really looking inside of me to fix a lot within me to have a better second, third half of my life. And so that's why it's so good to be hungry. Because when you're around like people that you can extract from, like you're ready. So this dude was in front of us. He's obviously older. He's got some success. And so I just asked him. I was just like, he's like, ask some questions. And I was like, so how do you deal with failure in your life and attaching that to your identity and continuing to not live from that? And he said, or mistakes. And he's like, okay, well, it's like this. <laughs> like, why were we talking? He looks at Thomas and he's like, Thomas, can you hand me that bread? And then he's like, can you start cutting it? So Thomas like starts cutting the bread. Mm-hmm. And then he cuts it in half and his buddy is just like, wait, you're not supposed to be eating bread. And so he's like discipline. And then the guy's like, okay, just give me the bread. So we think he's about to eat the bread. And then he, he thought take, he was hungry. Right? <laughs> he thought he was hungry. And he literally takes the bread and then throws it on the floor, like with an attitude in, in the restaurant, you know, we're in a pretty high class restaurant. So we're looking like, bro, they about to flip out of here. <laughs> And then he looks at me and he says, Tommy, would you eat that bread? And I was like, no. He was like, why? I was like, because it's dirty. And he was like, I would eat it. And I was like, why? He said, because I'm hungry. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, we're programmed in life 
to throw stuff away just because it becomes dirty. Mm. Just because it's not looking the way that we thought it was going to look. Mm-hmm. Why are you hitting us so deep right ah! now? God? Why, bro? You talk, man, you hit me right in this. In the, what's that? What's this right here? The medulla? No, that's the medulla. I've gotten Where's that at? Because <laughs> that hit me deep, bro. That's so true, man. And I mean, Mm. I was almost in tears there. And this was yesterday because Mm. it hit home with me. Like when you start getting stuff for yourself, uh, I think always in life, I was always trying to get stuff to help other people. And now I'm at a point where it's like, I got to get stuff to fix me. I can further help others, but I got to change some things with myself. Mm. So that was something that I had dealt with, you know, even going through a divorce in life and just going through different things we had talked about and other failures and mistakes I had, I attached that to my identity. Mm. And so when he said that, it's like something lifted and was just like, no, you're not that. Continue to eat. And then one of the things that he said was he was like, okay, if I gave you guys a piece of bread now, what would you guys do with it? And we all said we would hold it and we wouldn't drop it. And he said, that's because you've learned from it. So learn from the mistake, even though it got dirty, but another opportunity to present itself and you can continue to move forward. So don't see yourself as the mistake. Mm. Yeah, because isn't it true? Like we men, I think, and I'm not a woman, obviously, and so I don't want to speak from, but I think men do ourselves an incredible disservice in continuing to punish ourselves for those mistakes. Like humans are probably the only animals on the planet that will continuously do that, where we are always reliving these mistakes made. And uh, that was part of the question I think that I wanted to know when I asked, like, it's not just a switch that you can flip. And I don't remember what his answer was, right? But he, he answered that as well. Like how we beat ourselves up over for those mistakes. He's like, just stop doing it. What was the... Do you remember that part? He said, just stop it. He was like, because what happens is we beat ourselves up, but we don't realize that we're missing out on our present because we're beating ourselves up from our past. He's the dollar example. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) That's right. So he, (laughs) we had given him um, $3, right? Um, Just as an example. And uh, he was just like, so I've got this $3 now. And we're like, yeah. He's like, so you trying to get this $3 from me is not going to happen. I'm going to fight you over because it's mine. And we're like, right. He's like, but you can still go make another $3. And we're like, yeah. He's like, so the $3 that I have is your past. Why don't you go make a new $3, which can be your present? I was like, oh, shoot. That makes a lot more sense. Continue to go in your present and stop holding on to the old dollars, whatever it was, the habits, the mistakes, and the failures. Know that you're okay, and you literally just got to push through it. As hard as it is, because Thomas and I were looking like in our heads, we're like, but isn't there more? It was like you literally have to, and I, and it's a scripture in the Bible. I think it's in Philippians where Paul says, I got to forget. He said, if there's one thing I've apprehended in life, I got to forget what's behind me and press toward the mark. And I always say Christians have to be the best at having instant amnesia. Mm-hmm. But it's difficult, though, because I know of me, it's just like, well, I'm, I've got great qualities over here. My heart is right. But I've also got some things that I wrestle with. And Paul said, um, the things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, I end up doing. Mm. And that's the battle every day where our mind tries to team up with our flesh, which is our emotions, to dominate our body. But every day our spirit wants to team up with our mind to dominate our body. And as men, we struggle with this. 
I have by no means mastered it. I'm just more aware of it so that I can dominate it a little bit more. Oh, man. Awareness. Right? Self-awareness. is yeah. the, the emotional intelligence on your own self, I think, is the biggest thing that you can develop. It's one of the things that I want to work on developing. I read something the other day and it said, um, and obviously self-awareness is required in order for this to be true, but it said you can literally feel when you're tired of your own shit, basically yeah. your own crap, and know that it's time for the next chapter. Mm-hmm. Like you could feel it, but there, you have to be self-aware of it. I love that because um, <laughs> it reminds me right when you said it of somebody sitting on a needle. And I remember this was said before, you can sit on it, but it doesn't hurt as much. But when you sit on it enough and it goes deep, then you step up and you're like, ow, this hurts so much. I'm ready to change. And it's interesting that you say that because I feel like with you saying that, that there's alignment with me in my life too. And certain things hurt so much. It's just like, especially when you know it's there and then it's just like you kind of on a high and you ignore it. And until you get so irritated and the pain isn't enough, the threshold, mm-hmm. right, then you don't do anything about it. And that's anything in our life. So I think that's dope that you say that. But a lot of people sometimes will ignore it. What I've learned with me is to be real with me. Like literally, I've been fake with myself for so long, 38 I would say even growing up in the church and growing up as a pastor's son and all of that, I've learned that I wasn't being real with me. And the second you're real with yourself, then you can literally be real with others. And the pains that we have in life, we can literally do something about them. Yo, what's good, man? Alex Rose here. Hey, appreciate y'all tapping into this episode. But guess what? Bombshell announcement. You guys now have the ability to be able to support the channel. What does that mean for you? Things like merchandise, exclusive membership groups, and live events. You already know that's about to be turned up. So guess what? Please click on the link in the description. You guys can support the channel at whatever level you feel comfortable doing. We appreciate you. But why are we going out and doing this? Is because we want to make it a better experience for the MPND family. So thank y'all for supporting. Appreciate y'all for tapping in. And guess what? No pressure, no diamonds. Let's get it. some uh, i didn't want to interrupt you again no you're good um what are some questions somebody can ask themselves so they can make sure they get they're being real with themselves like what are some things that you can you know i don't know if it's questions you got to ask yourself or maybe some realizations you got to have yeah i think there is a an internal dialogue for sure and if you can ask questions and you can kind of guide that conversation but go ahead that that question was for utp yeah um and here's the thing too i was thinking about self-awareness as a double-edged sword because as you're self-aware, there's going to be some things that you don't like about yourself, yeah. right? But then there's going to be some things that are good about yourself and then some things that you want to work on. So sometimes it can be a double-edged sword. But when you're asking those questions, right when you ask that, the first thing I thought of was the closest people to you that know you, ask them about yourself hmm. and look for a common thread. And if there's a common thread, then that's usually true. Because for some reason, people 
that that observers that are in our circle know us a little better than we know ourselves. Mm. So I would ask um, myself, number one. Wait, do you think that they know us better than we know ourselves? Or do you think that, hmm, what was my thought? Do they the, know the, the character we play with that person? Yeah, do, like do they really know us better or do they know what we show? All right, so two things. I believe they know what we show. Those are some, I believe there's different levels of people and friendships that you have in life. Where it, where, where it. So there's certain things that we only allow certain people to see. Absolutely. You feel me? Yep. And we have that mask on. So we have multiple masks, but there's the ones that we take the mask off with, which is a very select few, which is normally we can count on our hand. Those are the ones that I'm talking about. Mm. The ones that we can be vulnerable with that won't judge us, that love us, right? Actually, I feel like all three of us have that in common, right? We can talk about stuff and we have. When you ask people like that, or your spouse, which you're close with, or your parents, if you have a great relationship, coworkers and things of that nature. The ones that have different levels, the closeness, ask them and see if there's a repeated theme that they say, you, you know what, you kind of are like this. And you gotta be willing to be vulnerable. <laughs> and, and be willing to hear that truth, right? Cause I think so. You kind of are man, like this, I'm like. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I'm just thinking like, man, what am I like, low key? Like, bro, for me, I think I would try to defend it and be like, no, right? And I, so I'm just speaking to myself when I say that. Like, you have there has to be a willingness if you're going to ask that question True. to accept the answer. But it's interesting to me that you said that, Tommy, because there there is there's different people that you're willing to open up with. But I I, I think I mentioned this to Zulu yesterday, and you might I think you were close enough to hear you were, you were in that conversation. But I told Zulu when I was going through it on Monday. Um, I think Zulu had said like, man, those are the moments you need to reach out. I said, bro, I thought about reaching out to you. And then I didn't cause I didn't want to sound like a punk. I didn't want to bother you with those problems. I thought about reaching out to, to, uh, one of my mentors, Sean. Right. And I didn't cause I didn't think he deserved to hear those problems, but bro, I didn't talk to anybody, not even my spouse who I could be ultimately the most vulnerable with probably because in my mind there was a i don't know if it's pride or ego or a combination of the two um but i didn't want to sound like a like a punk of course you know what i mean and yeah. so i didn't and we we're talking about this right like that's how our whole conversation happened on tuesday for that episode but um where yeah that was crazy yeah so i i don't know what the point was in making that it's what probably to validate what you said um, but then also, I'm, I'm curious, what do you think was the reason why I closed that off? Was it be, Maybe it was because I didn't know where it was coming from, too, yeah. initially? Or I think um, as guys, sometimes we don't want to seem like we're less than or we feel that we're bothering somebody with our stuff, yeah. which every time I usually have that, but I'll usually push through and I'll talk to my support group. Normally, the time, most of the time, you're just like, you're so dumb. You're not worthy. They're busier than you. You're bothering them. When that's literally the opposite. Because when you said it and we're walking away, yeah. I came behind you, put my armor on you. I was like, bro, you need to call me. Because the thing about it is I deal with that every day. And my let did a great interview with a guy named Jay Glazer. I encourage you guys to Oh, watch. I did listen to it. Woo. Yeah. It and powerful. he talks about how he deals with that every day. Yeah. Mm. And I deal with it every day and I'm learning to deal with it. The hurts, the pains, and the voice is usually the inner me. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it ain't the enemy, it's the inner me. And it's the stuff that we tell ourselves. So what I've learned to do is say what's opposite. 
So I'll tell myself I am worthy. People do love me and I'll reach out. So that's my thing is mm-hmm. I'll learn to reach out. You don't want to seem like a punk, but sometimes we're being a punk and it's okay. But we need to get around people that are going to cover us and not add to that. Like, yeah, you are being a little punk. We don't need to be around that. But it is good for somebody to tell us that to get ourselves up. Because remember what pulled you out of it was you said, stop being a little punk. Yeah. But sometimes it's good to call. I use a different word, by the way, man. I, was like, <laughs> I know you did. Yeah, the, I last, the last episode had a little, had a little, oh, we had a little put a little E next to the, uh, <laughs> to the little episode on that one, dog. Yeah. yeah but, and I haven't mastered this yet. The only reason I talk about it with such excitement is because I'm, I'm doing a lot of that right now. Because for some reason, when you get at rock bottom, you start realizing a lot about yourself, but you start realizing how God said in your weakness, you're really at your strongest. Because it's not really until you start feeling the brunt of things, whether self-inflicted or just life, period, that you start looking around and you start seeing what's the common denominator. And you have the courage to start dealing with it. So if it's what you're dealing with and it constantly comes up, create a contingency plan. Mm. Steve Holbrook taught me this. He would have a contingency plan because he deals with Crohn's disease. So he has a playlist of music that he plays when he starts going into a down spot. And that playlist has songs that are lifting Lifting. up. He also has a support group. I have a support group now, right? And I don't mind even sharing this too. There's a licensed psychologist that I see because I got stuff that I just did not deal with that I have to unpack for the Mm -hmm. past 38 years. Mm -hmm. You feel me? And sometimes living in the spotlight or having a pastor calling on you, everybody expects you to be this thing, but sometimes you're you're a dude, you have life, and you're a human being. Yeah, I was gonna say you're human. So I never gave myself the grace to catch up. You feel me? So now I have a support group to help me with that. People that will call me out on my stuff and people that can help me unpack this stuff. So that's why I'm glad you brought it up because I'm talking about something that I'm blessed to actually be doing and it's very helpful. But I know what it's like to be alone, to walk for hours and to be in your head. And the crazy thing about it, because somebody can look at you like, dog, you're married, you have kids, you have a great business. How can you be dealing with that stuff? And then there's people that aren't married, that don't have kids, and and they don't have a great business, and they're still dealing with it. But the reason it's happening is because you have greatness upon you. When you're not going through that stuff, Mm -hmm. that means that you're really not doing anything that's worth attacking. Mm. There it is. I needed to hear that. Sometimes, yeah. man, we, just, you know, like you know, it's a little. I wasn't gonna say cliches, but it's the darkest right before it. You know, the sun comes up. You know, and man. just just knowing that we're in that. You know, while it's it's always you know it's always a hindsight twenty twenty thing. Like, oh man, made it through that. Uh, but just realizing that there are other people that have gone you know that are either or at another part of the journey it doesn't mean they're finished you know we're never done learning it doesn't mean they're all the way finished with everything but they may just be they just may have walked those steps already and complain like hey don't step up that's a landmine you about to walk into this you about to, you're going through a minefield that's a mine right there you're about to step on please don't blow up right or don't keep it to yourself don't keep everything to yourself that's a landmine waiting to explode is keeping everything to ourselves, I believe, and you know, and it, and it it'll explode on the wrong. It, it'll explode in you, but it, a lot of times too, it can explode on the wrong on somebody else too. And when it explodes on somebody else too, mm-hmm. now what happens is 
that relate, you know, especially for somebody you really care about, you know, it could be a spouse, a lot of times a significant other, it could be a family member, but now what happens and people forgive and things like that. But what, what is that, you know, that, that strong relationship has one of those, you know, you can kind of see, you can kind of see through the fabric now in that relationship. One, a carbon fiber Strange. relationship can get pulled apart a little bit just because of, we got to talk about it. as men, we have to talk about, um, you know, and I'm not saying you gotta. I'm not saying complain, you know, and sit there and wallow and ah, uh, just uh, why me, you know, but you gotta ask questions and be like, man, yeah, I'm actually kind of feeling this way. I'm not sure if you have ever been through this. That's why you gotta have a team, have some people around you that can pull you up, mm-hmm. um, that you want to be, they, you know, that you, you you look to for those things and can trust. Mm-hmm. But man, just watch those landmines, man, and and just not keeping it to to myself because i've done that a whole i've done that a lot yeah. keep it to myself and then the whole what's what's wrong with you i'm good i'm good i'm good the, i'm good oh man if i had a dollar for every time i said i'm good yeah you know but when i'm really not and a lot of times it may not have been me being able to just communicate the right words yeah out yeah and me saying any and me saying anything might have been <laughs> you know detrimental to you know to somebody else's well-being at that point in right. time man so I think it's hardwired um, yeah. in man's DNA, though, right? Like we were created to be fixers, yeah. right? And I think that's part of the biggest struggle, at least for me, is when I feel like I can't fix myself, it kind of lowers my esteem or my belief in my ability to fix anything. Yeah. And the longer I stay there, um, the harder it is. And you, so it's like this when you said that. Sorry, interrupt. Right when you said that, it's like I heard. You're not. We're not made to fix ourselves. Just like, a, just like a car is not made to fix itself. Ooh, because uh, uh, you have to take a car to a mechanic. I might have to take right. a lap. I might have to take a lap around this room. <laughs> hey, you see why TP's here? <laughs> it's so crazy. So uh, I really believe, and and I'm saying this because there's areas to fix with me, and I had to go to God, and I'm just like, like on the merry-go-round, and it's just like I literally, and I said this today. I was on my knees right when I got up, having a tough time. When I get up, I usually go walk. I walk for two, like one to two hours. It clears my brain. But right before I got on my walk, I just fell on my knees. And I'm like, Lord, even in the midst of pain, it's just like, God, like help me. Like I surrender all to you. I just need your help. I need you. No flowery prayer, but God knows the intent of our heart. And when you do that, he starts surrounding you with the right people. Example, yesterday down in L.A., with those people that were there to help us. Mm-hmm. I asked that question because it was already inside of me. That dude was the dude to bring it out. So when I, when God really says, seeking you'll find, asking it will be given, knocking it will be open, folks ain't knocking. Right. So there's nothing to open. We're not asking. So we're not receiving and we're not seeking. You know, we know how to seek. When we had a project due in class, we knew how to do a research project. When we want something, we know how to seek it. But the thing is, how bad do you really want it? And sometimes we have so many other things that distract us from the stuff that really matters. So when we're talking about being self-aware, what I've learned is what really matters. If you take all this stuff away, if you quiet down, what really matters and what issues keep occurring in my life or what is the negative self-talk that I keep having? Um, So now I can address that and I can get a game plan. And as dudes, we do do the I'm good. Because mm-hmm. for some reason, we really want to show that we're good. 
I don't want there to seem like a chink in my armor. But the sad thing about it is there is a chink or there is a little antifreeze in our water and it's only a matter of time until it poisons the whole thing. Mm. Then we're down on our face and we're like, I need help or it's a, it's a big blow up. And that blow up comes from misplaced anger, by the way. Mm. The ain't when we blow up on somebody that really loves and cares us, it's because we've been carrying that anger. But then it's like, we're supposed to uh, grind. We build a business. We're supposed to be great fathers, great husbands, be great community leading. Nah, 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 nah. So we got all this that we're carrying. And Thomas said, well, I don't know how to fix me. And it was like the Holy Spirit said, well, it's because you're not designed to fix yourself. Mm. Take the car to the mechanic or to the manufacturer. Whew. Hey, hey come on, man. Come on. Come on. We're not designed to fix ourselves, man. That right there. You already know I'm clipping that out. Guaranteed. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> Soundbite. That's a guarantee, though. Oh. Nah, man, but that's that's a fact, man. I think, um, you know, I mean, I'm just in to- total agreement with that. Man, it's such that's... vanity, dude, for me to even think that. It is. <laughs> well, what happens, Thomas, and you may not want to hear this, but I heard no, it. No, it hit me, man. And it it's hit vain. me. It's because we're actually idolizing ourselves. And here's what I mean by that. Hmm. We put ourselves up on a pedestal and say that I really don't need God or I don't need anyone else. Hmm. I can self-heal. And that ain't true. I've tried to self-heal for decades and it doesn't work. I had to really release and surrender and get help. And until we do that, we'll stay on the merry-go-round for one year, five years, 10 years. Some people, a whole freaking lifetime. Right. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? So... When we say it again, take ourselves take, off. Say it again. It, it again. No, 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 no. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. the, the idolize okay. myself part. Yeah, the idolization, we put ourselves up as our own idol. So, in a sense, we're because you said it was vain and it's true. We're worshiping ourselves, saying, I got this. I don't need God's help. I don't need anyone else's help. Thomas Solano's got this. So, nobody can fix me but me. And that's mm. not true. Because a car can't fix itself, it has to come under, it has to submit under the helper, and so we have to realize that we're not at the top of the totem pole. But as men, we do that, and we're like, "No, I'm good. I gotta help everybody else." So we're really idol, we're idolizing ourselves. So once you put yourself down, and you say, "No, I do need help," and then you start getting the help that you need, you now submit to it, and that's pride, and pride always sets us up for the fall, mm. and we have a lot of pride. We just don't realize it. Yeah. So we don't want to look a certain way. I know sometimes me, I don't want to look a certain way. I don't want to look like I got it all together. Yeah. But it's in those moments that it's like, dog, I don't have it all together. And you get that help. Oh, man. Yeah, it's the surrendering part. Yeah. Right? So the, you know, um, sub- submitting. Submitting. Right? And being, and being um, Man, that that's yeah, that's that's fire, bro. I, it's but it's submitting and serving too. Yeah. I want to say this, Alex, because here's what I learned. Um, <clears throat> anytime I go through tough issues in life, there's times where I do go to vices, like certain addictions, right? And they can keep you going for so long, certain highs. But it was when those highs run out, and you realize that you got to really go to your maker and get the help that you need, then you really become fixed. And what I mean by that is I've learned the process of still serving. I've learned the process of still serving even when I'm sad. 
because we're masters of smiling on the outside but crying on the inside mm. like the walmart greeters no knock to those folks right if you're there because you want to be there that's excellent but if you're there because you don't want to be there and because you couldn't retire properly that's a different story mm. so you're smiling on the inside but you're crying uh you're smiling outside but crying on the inside and what i mean by that is a lot of the time <clears throat> we're not dealing with really what's on the inside of us and what happens is we're smiling on the outside when really inside we're crying because we're not really dealing with that root. And so what I learned was serving while you're still sad. Moses, if you look at the in the Bible, Moses actually killed a man because he was angry and then he fled because Pharaoh was was looking for him. Mm. This is so powerful, man. I get excited because I see myself in these guys. Like I used to, you know, read the Bible. I would study when I was younger. And it's like, oh, Moses and Abraham and all these guys, they were, you know, they were perfect and God used them. And it's like, it's actually not true. When you start reading, like Abraham was the first dude in the Bible to have baby mama drama. Like real talk. You know what I mean? And so many different things. And Samson met Delilah at the strip club. At the brothels, met somebody that didn't belong in his life and she took him down, right? And then I thought about Moses. He killed a man and then he fled to a place called Midian. And Midian in the Bible, in Exodus, it means middle. And so even when he was there, there were seven um, daughters that came up to get their wells, their baskets filled from the well. And what he did was he ended up doing it for them, for all seven of them. He filled it up, they went on their donkeys and they went back to their dad, Jethro. Jethro was like, how did you guys get back so soon? How did you guys get out of this water? They're like, well, there's a Hebrew man that helped us. He's like, well, go get him. So long story short, he goes and he gets him and he says, thanks for what you did. Because of what you did, I'm gonna give you one of my daughters as a wife, her name was Zipporah. I was like, you know, she was fine and she was bomb because it was seven daughters and he wasn't complaining. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, why don't you give me that other yeah. <laughs> So he got blessed with the wife and he got a son named Gershom, which meant foreign land. In other words, God has blessed me in a strange land. In other words, that showed me that God will still bless me when I'm in a season of my life that seems so foreign and so strange. Like when Kanye had his vision, he probably didn't see some areas in life that he would go through, just like all of us and just like me. We're in seasons of our lives that it's like, dog, I didn't see this. Mm. But guess what? As we continue to push through it, he served those women while he was fleeing for his life and he was depressed. And because of that, he received a blessing in a strange and foreign land. What blessing are we missing out on because we're not serving? That's why I was like, let's do the show. Right. Even in the midst of whatever I'm dealing with, there's always going to be stuff in life. I was like, I'm coming on the show because I want to serve. I realize that I have a gift just like you guys do. So I want to give my gift to others to be able to benefit. And so as we continue to serve, while we may be sad in some areas, the sadness will eventually go away. We'll be self-aware. We'll have a support team. But we also got to focus on serving because you never know that your blessing may be in that foreign land. Mm, empty your cup. You know, some you know, getting poured in. You know, like it's it's something you got to empty your cup sometimes, man. You know, my like that. Uh, what you said, the antifreeze might be in there. <laughs> get throw that, throw that, throw that, throw that cup out. <laughs> yeah, this antifreeze in there, man. We got to empty the cup. You know, pour. You know, it's it's so interesting. You know, it's it's like you know, it's hard to have a. Um, you know, it's almost like hard to be mad while you smiling. You know what I'm saying? You know. So while you're serving somebody else and really pouring, 
pouring into other people, it's tough to have like almost a bad attitude about it when you're genuinely, you know, doing something good. Uh, and I pulled out the book, man, because I my little my little uh, it's called the Twenty One Days of Prayer, and it's like a fasting book. But today nice. it was so interesting because today was a day I read about surrendering. <laughs> What's today, bro? Today I read about surrendering, um, and it was just so interesting because it it just had this, it, you know, hey, hey, for those those are the believers you. You'll pick up on this, man. But those that aren't, you might be able to, you know, decipher some of these words. Because it was real interesting to me because it talked about, and, and, and why not? Because we got the pastor Purdue on. But it said, then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must put aside your selfish ambition, shoulder your cross daily, and follow me. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give a life for me, you will find true life. So that what that kind of made me think of is we're trying to fix ourselves. When you, as soon as you said trying to fix ourselves, I was like, oh, that made me think of what that what you know. At least that made me kind of decipher what he was talking right there because it's like, look, you're trying to figure all this stuff out by we're trying to figure all this stuff out by ourselves. We're trying to you know, you know, we're trying to you know get through this landmine through this through this uh, lamb you know um, this landmine field by ourselves and. All we have to do, you know, we have to we have to seek guidance. It's true. Seek guidance. I'm know. doing more hanging out with with guys like you and mentors and friends and helpers to help me than I have like ever before. Because I realize when you isolate, that's when you get picked off. So in the Discovery Ooh. Channel. Right when the lion attacks the antelope or whatever, it's the lone one. There you go. They never attack the whole at one Earth, time because yeah. they're too strong together. So they wait for the antelope that lags mm. behind and is drinking in the water and isolates. The Bible says that the devil walks around your adversary like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But why is he seeking whom he can devour if he could devour everybody? He's seeking the ones that he can devour, which are the ones that pull away from the pack and isolate. Mm. So when we feel that we can self-heal, there you go. When we feel that we can self-heal, we isolate. When we get back in the community and we help, we be vulnerable, we deal with stuff together, there's strength there. So he cannot get us. So I intentionally pull myself away to talk, to get help, to be around others because it's amazing. Mm. Yeah. All you club goers, man. So this is what happens when y'all could be getting got out there in them streets, me, man. <laughs> Yo, that's that, that's so, man. TPI are, are dropping just gold from the from the. I mean, he had three pointers, dog, deep ones. Uh, but that's you know so interesting. Put it like a, just another real life example. It's like, hey, you out at night? You know what I'm saying? You out at night? They never get you. Thank you. They never get you. I brought that for me on the way to the club. <laughs> people never get got on the way to the club. I take that victory, bro. I won. I'm you know next. what I'm saying? Like people never get got, or people never get stuck up on the way to the club because we always walking up as a group. What happened? People always get got leaving the club by themselves afterwards because they, you know, they park by yourself. You know, people always get you know, and people are searching for people that are vulnerable. Yeah. You know, it's always a person walking to walking back to their car by themselves. It's dark as late as two thirty in the morning, and you by yourself, and guess and that's when you get got because there's lions out there waiting. 
Like, oh, that's a, that's a deal. Yeah, he parked over there. It's you true. know what I'm saying? That That's when we get got. Yeah, that's my contingency. So I've called you so much the past three weeks, like just period. And there have been times where you were busy and we couldn't hang out. But like the last time we hung out and I was so grateful you were at the mall. And I was just like, bro, like I'm Tap over in. here and just come over. And you came over, bro. And it was one of the best things we talked hours and is just so healing and that's why we need each other every day is another day to get help and to get better mm. i'm grateful for the days that arise now but i also realize that when things are going good sometimes it's easy to stop getting the help mm-hmm. you got to continue to get it because literally you know like you can be having a great day and then the next day bam a trigger hits you and you're back Straight so up. when you have the contingency set up of my support group and I'm aware of myself. That's why self-awareness is so good because I'm becoming very aware of me. Mm-hmm. I am majoring in Tommy Pickens. And I don't mean that, <laughs> I don't mean that privately. That part, bro. I've got to learn what did I go through? Who am I? But more so, who do I want to be? So I learned this from a uh, coach that there's three types of behavior. There's natural behavior, which is what we've been born, you know, our natural DNA. There's conditioned behavior, which is from our environment and growing up in a neighborhood or family with certain values and different things. That's conditioned. You know, you learn in the hood, they slap you, you smack them back, right? Period, right? Don't let anyone get on over you, all of that stuff. But then there's chosen behavior. Chosen behavior is the highest level because chosen behavior comes from, I realize how I've been conditioned and I realize some of my natural stuff but what do I really want and who do I really want to be? And that's where I am as I'm learning the conditions that I've had. I'm not a victim, but I'm a victor. But mm. What did I go through so that I can grow from it so that I can be who I want to be and who God has really made me to be the better version of Alex Rose, Thomas Solano, Tommy Pickens and everybody else that's watching this, who is our better self? And we mm. don't get there until we go through the tough stuff in life because as humans, We want to avoid the path of least resistance. That's what we want. We want least resistance. But in the weight room, the only way we get bigger is when we go through the resistance. Mm. So we have to literally stay in the weight room every day. As hard as it is, we've got to lift the weights. Embrace the pressure. Embrace the pressure and choose our behavior. Carry the 300-pound cross. Oh, (laughs) that's true. Hey, you know what's interesting Jesus didn't even carry his own cross by himself because in the Bible, I think it was Joseph or it was somebody that said, let me help you carry your cross. So Jesus couldn't even carry his cross by himself. Why do we think that we have to? Drop. We're going to let that one marinate. We're going to let that one marinate, man. Why are you why are you why are you allowing yourself to carry all your baggage, all your all the past, all the issues, all the negative thinking, all the negative self-talk, all the negative talk from every, you know, from other people around you. If you're if you're taking those arrows too, right? Other people not believing in you talking about what you're talking on. You know, so you 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 start believing what they're believing, you know, because you know, why why are we doing it's because we, you know, we got we need other people around us to help us carry our cross, man. Yeah, it's it's it, wow. that's such an interesting struggle too, though, man. Because as a father, I understand the importance of every point you just made. Because I can, I can tell when my sons aren't 
feeling good about something, right? Mm. When they're upset. So I'm like, talk to me, give it to me. Like, let me help you, right? I'm your dad. Mm. Uh, but I don't, I don't look for my father in those moments. There it is. But that's crazy. You recognize it now and yeah. you're aware of it. So watch what happens when you change that. And God mm. said, trust me with a childlike faith because we're his kids. Yeah. I'm mm. guilty of that too a lot. Where especially when you know you're you know, you have a calling and all of these different things. And I used to question sometimes God, like, why do you call me? Like you give me these gifts and these different things and you know, but you know, I, I, you know, I can screw up sometimes and sometimes I'm mentally not there and mess things up in my life and stuff. And it's like, why are you still call me? And he's just like, first of all, before I called you, I knew you, hmm. I loved you. And I called you because you're going to get the freaking job done. And mm -hmm. you, my love for you is not based on your performance, even though I feel like my love for myself is based on my performance, sure. but that's what I'm working on. And the Lord showed me that he, he called Paul and loved Paul before he met him on the road to Damascus and changed his life. So the first half of Paul's life, he was persecuting and killing Christians. In other words, he was the Hitler of his time. But God said that I knew him and I formed him and I called him to do great and mighty things on the road to Damascus. He told him that and he turned his, he turned his life around and he did some great things. Why though? Because God loved him and called him. God has loved us and called us. He knew all the mistakes we we're going to make, but that doesn't disqualify us. It's like the piece of bread on the floor. Mm. God continues to pick us up. I don't even think he brushes us off. I think he still puts us there qualified because we need some dirt. And sometimes people need to see the dirt and the scars that we've been through. So we seem very relatable. Mm. And I used to be too dang crystal perfect clear. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, get my, getting, mm. going through some stuff. And now it's like, all right, like I can relate a little bit more to life, but I think people can relate a little bit more to myself because, yeah, yeah we have been uh, uh, was a fighter a, jet. Yeah, yeah fighter just jet flew over. <laughs> we in the <Yeah>. clouds. <laughs> we in warfare. Wipe that bread off, man. Wipe that bread Wipe off. Wipe the bread off. And, and I believe that God continues to put us every day and just put us here. And he said that he washes as white as snow, so he purifies us. But we don't purify ourselves. Mm. And I don't know why. Oof. I don't have the answer to that yet. I I, I don't know why. Because we can't, Tommy. You take sure. the car to the mechanic. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Watch you white as snow. You know, you turn a hoe into a housewife out here, man. You, can, you know, wash, take <laughs> that bread and wipe them off. You can bring an A, you know. You can, <laughs> you can take that bread, <laughs> wipe it off. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Take her home to mom, man. Just because she oh, used to be like that, sad. don't mean she's gonna be like that forever, man. Came with the Same corrupt day. young Gotti line. Same huh? day. Yeah, yeah. Hey, give her this 21 days of uh, prayer, man. Go ahead and wipe her clean, man. I love that. Uh, I'm just messing around, man. Just throw some, <laughs> throw some books in there. Just want to throw some books in there. So on the lighter note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, but I mean. I think that's why, you know, sometimes, you know, men's pickers be off too, though. What do you mean by that? People be dealing with the wrong people. You know, men can deal with the wrong, entertain the wrong types of people in their life um, because they have a lack of clarity in their own, you know. And you're, you're bringing in the wrong, you know, you know, some. Uh, <laughs> I'm married, you man. Have to go I'm married, man, All to right. the basic woman, man. But yo, 
what happens is when we don't have we we have a lack of um like a clarity and lack of you know understanding about ourselves we entertain some of the we, we entertain wrong the wrong types of people sometimes just because um the you know because of the flesh yeah so to speak you know what i mean i agree um and that's why man you know so that's why i say sometimes our you know our pickers can be off and then we make life altering decisions mm. <laughs> deal with certain types of people man and mm-hmm. um and and because you know for a man you know for a man that you know a man doesn't uh so you want somebody up under you as far as you know if somebody wants to be married a man wants to be married and wants to be married and have kids and things of that nature you want to be you, you want to choose you want to be able to choose 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 correctly and being through you know going through a you know being married really young you know being married really young and um having your first you know your first you know fairly young i would say you know it wasn't like you were 16 or something like that yeah, but you're you know 21 um which is a life altering life altering thing yeah and and i say people especially thinking about this now because it took me almost 10 years to get married yeah you know and i was like and it was a lot of me watching other people and you know maybe projecting other people's lives onto my own and be like well shoot you know people go this and that and the third but you know when men are deciding to who they want to have up under them Mm -hmm. you know who they want to bring up under their covering who they want to because that's another line you know who you want to bring up under your covering mm-hmm. um having the right picker man is mm-hmm. is a must and dude. i think you being in that mental position like you brought up a good point and i believe that you can't love someone else properly until you properly love yourself mm-hmm. right that's what i believe and i haven't loved myself for a long time it's probably hard for people to understand and believe that i do but when you go through certain things, you stop loving yourself because you live with yourself. One of my counselors told me, you live with yourself. So you know your stuff. You know what I'm saying? Dang. So you yeah. can't properly love someone else until you love yourself. And when a man, in my opinion, grows to a certain point and you're loving yourself and you know how to give that love, then you're at that point when you want to share that and do that. And I believe that when I got married, um, uh, at 21, you know, she's a great person and everything. She's remarried. She's got things are going well. And our kids are great. Um, there's stuff still to work through, you know, with the children, just different things, but God is good. But in the beginning, my heart was right, but my mind wasn't. Okay. And you can never put a grown head on a baby. Oh, that's a bobblehead, <laughs> right? You have to grow into it. Yeah. For some reason, we think that ages mean that we grow into something. Why is it that we need to go through hours of testing and physical driving to get a driver's license, but to get a marriage license, you just show up? Why are we not getting the stuff that we need? And so that's even when it comes to the marriage part, that's the journey that I'm on is dealing with me and loving me and understanding what this is all about to have that because as a kid i've always wanted that and i think that's why i jumped in a little too early because my heart is right my mind just wasn't you came to a point and thomas did when he got married when you said you know what i've seen things i've dealt with my inner thoughts you dealt with your self-awareness because the fact that you said i was projecting stuff or something like that you're projecting with other people's stuff 
like you were aware of that. And so until you cleared that up, you weren't ready for go time. Mm -hmm. So until then, like you said, your picker was off, right? Mm -hmm. So what happens is I think when you got to a point where you had matured to a certain spot, you were just like, I'm ready to go. And who was around was the person that you wanted. And it was great for you. That's why I'm excited, you know, for, you know, you and Tina and even being, at, you know, doing the wedding because it's just like, this is a journey where two people are ready. But when you're not ready, that's what's a little difficult. And it's, it comes to a moment when you rise up, whatever age, whatever time that is from whatever you've gone through. And you're like, all right, I'm ready to do the work. Well, let's think about this. In the 40s and 50s, kids were getting married like right out of high school, 17, 18. So obviously we're not old enough to have lived through that. And, and so we're just, you know, kind of assuming. But do you think that the reason why those marriages on average lasted the rest of their lives? I mean, those are 60, 70 year anniversary type marriages, right? Where nowadays 50% of marriages end in divorce mm -hmm. and people are waiting to figure things out, right? Like quote unquote, do it the right way. Mm -hmm. um, where back then they hadn't even really lived too much life. What do you think has changed that part? Mm -hmm. like, I'll answer it from what I've seen. Because I got an answer for you. It might not. Be. <laughs> I'll talk about from what I've seen because I, I did not master a great marriage. So I can't speak from that, but I can speak about from what I have seen. And my parents that have had been married for over 50 years. It's incredible. An, it is incredible. And I've seen that. I grew up around that. I mean, that's why I think I had a huge um, stigma because I always thought that that would happen for me. So when it sure. didn't, it was like, ah, you're an imposter. So I had to mm. work through that. And I thank God I have. But I really believe when I look at it from what I've seen, folks that were earlier, they were more mature. They had responsibilities earlier in life. Mm. And they just made the commitment and said, we're going to stick it out. It was something about that old school mentality. That's just like, we're making the decision and we're making it happen. You think they were tougher? I Yeah. I do. I believe they were tougher, but they had more responsibility earlier on in life. Mm -hmm. With our generation, we're a very entitled generation. And some of us had things come to us in life, uh, I know from my end, a lot later. So it took me a while to kind of catch up to certain things. But when I look at my parents' generation, they learned things earlier, they accepted responsibility earlier, and they were ready to rock. And they just stayed together. They just figured it out. Some reason with our generation and generation maybe behind us is it's just like, if it's not working, cool, I'm out. Bro, okay. So I was listening to this guy. He's a pastor. Um, and I don't remember his name. I wish I did just to give him the credit. But he said something to the effect. He's, have, he's on a panel with like three women. He's the only man. <laughs> and he was like, dating is not in the Bible. <laughs> And he was like, this is the problem in our society right now, because when you date, what you're actually learning how to do is when things get a little tough or they do something you don't like, what do you do? Out of there. Oh. You throw that relationship away. That's good. 
And I agree and so with just, him. It's ex- the exact point that you made, right? Like they were just, they were tougher. They had a, a stronger stick to itness, and they were willing to kind of go through that. And it's interesting because I think we are entitled. Uh, I never went without. And, and uh, you know, it's, my wife is really tough on our kids in a good way. She's a great mom. But as soon as my son was two, he was putting his laundry away. As soon as he was three, he was washing his dish off. As soon as he was four, he started uh, putting his laundry in, right? Like, and and making his bed and stuff like that. Not changing tires yet, but he could pump gas. He knows to keep the door open. He could use a broom, a push broom. Uh, They clean their bathroom. They take out the trash. They take out the recyclables. They wash their dishes. In the morning, they have their chores to put their dishes away and stuff. And my mom, at some point, I love my mom. God bless her. And I understand her point, too. But she was like, you guys are a little tough on them. Like, just let them be kids. Mm. I'm like, nah, they need to have that responsibility. So now they do their own laundry, man. They put it in. They do the soap. They put it in the dryer. They fold it. They put it away and make their bed, right? And so um, there's there's something powerful in that, in what you said, um, Mm. and not creating that entitlement. So... Uh, here's what I think. That's good. Here's what I think that uh, kind of the nuclear family been getting blown up, and people aren't taught to be why you know w- women aren't taught anymore to be wives. They're they're taught to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. From a you know from now, yeah. I, I think back in the. I would say in the 40s and 50s and probably 60s, and then it started getting starting to get a little dicey because now oh, different women, feminism, bro, okay. starts di- different <laughs> movements started turning up. You know what I'm saying? And it started cranking up, and I, you know, we can do what men can do, and we can live, you know, certain types of lives and have, yeah, you know, we need to start getting equal, right? You know, mm-hmm. equal. Mm-hmm. And I and I'm not and I don't have any problems with people you know, as far as equality and equal pay and things like that is too, um, but some things are just different. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to that, I think now, um, you know, a lot of young in. So I seen this with my uh, my one of my best my best one of my best friends, his older sister. So she was almost like taking care of the almost the house. Like she was making sure, you know, the dad got the, you know, when the mom, you know, when the mom was wasn't there and things like she was making sure the food was cooked. She made sure, you know, she was like helped out, made sure most of the laundry and stuff like that was done. Got the, you know, the boys were a lot younger. Like there's probably like a eight or ten year difference, right? So she was helping the boys, like, hey, make sure you're cleaning the room, make sure you're doing this, doing this, that, and the third. But she was making sure, hey, dad gets fed. Hey, dad gets fed first, right? Then we'll make sure we get our plates and that, you know, and that stuff first. She was always in, in certain, and it doesn't mean like she didn't go to school. It doesn't mean that like she didn't do any of that stuff, but she had a foundation of how to build a home, mm-hmm. right? And I think a lot of, I think what's happening or what has changed is the independence factor mm-hmm. is there. Mm-hmm. The whole, I don't need a, guy mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's like i don't need a man like hey like i get my own i do my own i got my own mm-hmm. now what can you do for me that only lasts a certain amount of time though mm-hmm. you know and we talked about it on the pod on the pod with the, <laughs> with, the with nelly right because over time as a guy's value tends to go up and i'm not you know not human value but i'm talking about 
they talk about like kind of sexual value, you know, because as he gets older, his income, his income goes up is, you know, more, more women want that guy. Yeah. But as a lady gets older, most guys don't care about how much money a woman makes because mm. we know her money's her money and our money's our. <laughs> our money is our money, mm. you know, type of thing. Mm. So we don't care about how much a woman makes. Like, that's not what gets us going. Mm-hmm. What gets us going is is what after the, I'll be real with you, after the sex, what value does she bring? Yeah. After the sex is over, okay. Well, you can you, know, you can you know enjoy the way the body looks, right? Yeah. But the, 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 that woman's values is what's going to raise your children and your mm-hmm. family. And so, can we make this a home here? Mm-hmm. Does she, do, do we turn these these four white walls mm-hmm. in my in my bed, right? My bed with just a little pillow on it and a sheet and one picture on the wall, and you know, I got a couch and but can she turn this into you know yeah. a home? I come home, I, you know, and the stress from the from the world, mm-hmm. all the arrows get taken out of my back when I get home. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? 100%. Not, I'm walking into a knife in my in my chest. Yeah, because you're getting that peace God. from there. Peace. But your best friends. There's a song. <laughs> you remember, homie, love a friend. That's what I'm looking for. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Dang. I feel that. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, homie, love a friend. <laughs> it's all I wanna be. <laughs> right. So a homie, you want a homie. You know what I'm saying? You want a lover and have that romantic side and you want a friend, like you're saying. Oh, yeah. And when you got all of that, like you said, when when the sex is done, it's just like, can we go do this together? Can we chill? Are we good friends? Do we have a great connection? Are we straight? When you have that, like what you're saying, then it's 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 amazing and, and it's lastful. But like you're saying, a lot of women, I think that, and I'm not the specialist on this, but I think a lot of the independency has come from because a lot of us guys um, haven't really done our job in the single phase. And so a lot of women and maybe in the married phase sometimes is sometimes we're still in boyhood. So it's like mm-hmm. we'll be in boyhood and then we'll be in manhood. And so sometimes when we're in boyhood, they're having to step up and do things for us. In other words, we'll be working. I really don't think that every woman wants to go out and grind, work a job and work a business. Not if they didn't have to. Exactly. If they didn't have to. Yeah. I think if they want to do it mm-hmm. and they do it from financial security, it's dope. Now mm-hmm. it frees them up more mentally to be a great wife to their husband, to be a great mother to the kids, to be great in the community. Like a, I think it's Psalm or Proverbs, Proverbs 31 woman. Right. Is a businesswoman and she takes care of her household and her family and all of that. But what happens is women are still having to do that independent side or they may not be getting their needs met from the man. So they're trying to meet their own needs. And so what happens is they try to take on the role of a man and a woman and it doesn't work. So and a lot of them are frustrated to a guy. Exactly. Because of the masculine energy. Yeah. So I think when both processes happen and the man matures and he's seen and fit because God looked at Adam and uh, he had a relationship with God. He was tending the garden and he had his purpose and he was on it. And it was when Adam was on his stuff that he said, now I need to make somebody uh, help me for Adam. So the woman, the woman came along and she was a help me. So she wasn't above Adam. She wasn't underneath Adam. God took a woman from his rib because the rib support. is equal to support. And that's why I believe that when a woman's ready and a man is ready, then they meet. 
and they can do exactly what God has called them to do. But until then, they probably shouldn't meet or they probably shouldn't be together because they're still having to work on these things. So when she can drop her independency, because now this man can lead her, a woman wants to follow a vision and she wants to help something, but she, there's nothing to help, then she's got to do all the parts. Mm. That's just the dilemma that I see. I'm not the specialist. I'm just looking at what I've observed. Yeah, yeah, me well, too. I think, I think as, as men, and I'm guilty of this, is I think the reason that there's frustration, because yeah, I, I agree. I grew up in, um, in my culture, my family specifically, um, on my dad's side. It actually is true on my mom's side as well. My mom's always been a great server. Um, but I could not, nobody can go, especially the boys, uh, to my grandmother's house and not be served. Mm. Right? Like, sit down, let me make you something fresh. Like, let me make, are you hungry? Have you eaten? Have you done all of this? And it was that way. My great grandfather got served by his daughter, my grandmother, rest in peace, um, before anybody else did. My grandfather had that same thing. So they pro provided. Right. The men of the home provided and my grandmother supported, like you mentioned. So to kind of uh, highlight your point there. Um, but there was also an appreciation. My grandfather worshipped my grandmother and acknowledged what she put in. That's what right. I needed. And, and acknowledged mm -hmm. the fact that she was raising his children and stuff. And I think where we've gone wrong and that disconnect has happened is there's been like this expectation of roles without the acknowledgement of, and when you don't acknowledge somebody for the efforts, it tends to diminish, right? Mm -hmm. Their, their efforts, it, it, it tends to diminish. And I think that's why we see so much of that brokenness in the home, but there probably is a, a maturation issue too. Like it took me seven years to realize that my wife was the one, although one year into having her around my family, my mom said, you better stop being stupid and get your stuff together. You yeah, know what I mean? Hot. So like my mom seen yeah. it before I did, but it took me seven years. Um, but it was because I was a little immature, yeah. but man, I appreciate, and I try to make it a point. And again, I can be better at this, but I appreciate what my wife does. Therefore she's willing to continue to do it. Mm -hmm. She's willing to continue to have a plate ready for me to make dinner, to ensure that we have clean sheets on the bed and our clothes are washed and all of that stuff. But I acknowledge it. And so as a man, the second you stop acknowledging that, man, it's, you know, she doesn't feel valued. Um, mm -hmm. There's there's a there's a riff. And remember, dude told us yesterday that. The I'm so bummed. I did. I wasn't there. Now, if y'all ain't even, if y'all can't see, if y'all just listening to it, you see they, you see they having this whole, like, <laughs> they had this whole coming to Jesus moment. By the way, at, at at I don't know which restaurant, but it was fire, and it was in West Hollywood, and it was over there getting it. And it was just fire, bro. They over here having the side covers. I'm, I'm just, I'm just a spectator. <laughs> it's all yeah, good. I'm a, but I'm you get the juice. Yeah. Yeah. You get the juice. I'm getting the juice, man. I'm getting the juice, man. So, so I'm a spectator, just like y'all. I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> but he told us, he said, the value that's here is always a price to pay for value. Mm. He said, that's why I'm having you guys pay for talking to me. And I paid for everybody. I was just like, it's fine. You know, right before I got up and I was just like, he was like, you guys are paying for this. And I said, because I understand what it means to take mentorship. We don't value what we don't pay for. Anything that's usually given free, it's whatever. 
even when we played basketball and I was coaching you guys, you remember there's some championships we win. They were easy. There's whatever. But there's the ones where we had to scratch, claw, and grab for it. It was tough. We remember those better than anything. The bigger price we pay, the higher value. So the thing is, what do I value? So when I see that value, it's paying the price. But here's what I'm learning. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong, because, you know, I do look forward to getting married again someday. And I believe I'm learning a lot to do the right thing in the sense of when I'm married. So you guys tell me this. I believe that once you get your wife, right, and on both ends, um, but once you get her, you continue to pay the price consistently and valuing her, not just pay the price and then it's done and then you just let things slide but you continually pay the price so that she feels valued. Is mm -hmm. that true? Do you guys continue to do that? Or do you feel the need to continue to do that? 100%. Okay. And again, I, I think that I could do more of it, but 16 years in going on 17 years of being together and Ten toes appro down. approaching 11 years of marriage, um, I still hug my wife. I kiss my wife in the kitchen. Um, my kids are like, oh, stop, dad. And I'm like, all right, I'm doing this right, right? Because the, the main thing that I want them to see is how to love their woman. Um, and so I show them, I, do I rub her shoulders? I thank her for every meal. My kids thank my wife for every meal. Thank you for packing my lunch. Thank you for breakfast. Well, I make breakfast every day, but they're thankful for it. Mm. And uh, that's just another layer of that value. But you also want to date her, you know, and, and bring her the random flowers and stuff and like, I'm afraid of that stopping. I'm afraid of that stopping, of showing my wife uh, that expression of love and appreciation. I think it's more appreciation than anything. The feelings there, um, I think she knows that I love her, but it's the appreciation is what kind of confirms that feeling, if that makes sense. So, yes, I continue to value and I could do a lot more of it, but it's the random flowers. It's the one chocolate bar of her favorite chocolate. It's rubbing her feet. It's rubbing her shoulders. It's doing all of those little things, man. Just telling her that she's beautiful and that I love her and I appreciate her. It's running my fingers through her hair. It's it's the little, you know, swipe across the nose. It's the little, yeah, messing you know, around, man. You say, gotta just make it fun, bro. Just have yeah, it fun, bro. bro. Yeah. And I don't know if that's what you were talking that about. Was. Yeah, but man, that's a continue. Yeah, I'm gonna continue to do that for. Ever. And you know, the craziest part, TP, is um, I try to speak all of the languages of love to her. I rarely get my my language met, but it's not because I don't think she doesn't love me. It's just that's not her form of communication. Uh, so I still do it. And like the rubbing of her feet and the shoulders and stuff like that's for me. Oh, yeah. They normally say we give the language that we want to receive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I also do the acts of service where I'll clean the bathroom on, you know, like she'll go out and do the mm -hmm. grocery shopping and she comes back. I'm like, dishes are done. Vacuums, you know, I, I vacuum the house. Bathroom's clean. And she's like, uh, you know, so get in that room she, she, right she now, that. Thomas. She, she loves that kind of stuff. But yeah, man, I want to continue to show that value. I think it's the most important thing for multiple reasons, obviously for our relationship. But then as a father of two sons, it's important for me to ensure that they see That's fine, how bro. it needs to be done or how it should be done, in my opinion. So many bars right there.
Oh man, this might have to be a two-parter. Guy. Bro, I value my wife. I love my children unconditionally, but I, I know that at some point they're going to be out on their own doing their own thing, dude. And so if I don't nurture and care for my relationship right now, when they're gone, what's left? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When they're out of when they're out of the house and and they're starting their own families, it's just me and my wife. What's left? If I don't nurture and care and value that relationship right now, and we put all of our emphasis on our children, there's going to be a problem mm. at the end of that. So, um, again, reason? I yeah. love I love my mm. children, man. Don't get me wrong, but they're not the most important relationship in under our roof. That's beautiful. It can't, it can't be. I just had to let that. I gotta let that marinate, bro. Just gotta let that marinate. That teriyaki, bro. That's just that teriyaki sauce marinating. Lemon fire. pepper. <laughs> Lemon pepper, bro. It's marinating, man. You know, man. Today was fire, man. I know. I know we all got. We, we got. So we, I know we got to dip out, but um, man, bro. Today is today, dog. Ah, ah, ah. ah. Man, I, you know, I, yeah, I want to thank you, man. I just want to thank both of y'all, man, for uh, open opening up because, you know, um, judge judgment free zone. You know what I'm saying? Um, and for everybody out there listening, man, you know, it's men, but people, people are general, you know, men, because we were talking, we were speaking from that uh, vein today. Fine, you know, get uh, get some exposure to people to groups in your community that you can go to to talk to, whether it's if it is a pastor, if it is a um, you know, if it is a therapy, which is, you know, there is no, that is, there's no shame in that. Hell no. Hell no. You gotta <laughs> go, gotta, gotta go get fixed up, man. Like, Tommy dropped such a bar today, bro. He said a car is not designed to fix itself, right? It does have a check engine light, don't we? All got check engine lights. We know when we're not right. We know. You know what I'm saying? So we know when that check engine light is on. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy, but man, tap in, man. Go get the service. Go get, go get the service done, man. You had an oil, fam. You had an oil. Go get your oil changed, man. Yeah, and it's that support group and that ultimate mechanic, you know, being God. And um, ooh, I and, you like know, that. Yeah, man. And you know what's interesting? As you're saying this, um, I've seen like when we take the car in, there's a there's a team of mechanics, and here's what I see. Because here's part of my team. I don't mind being transparent. My parents are part of my team. Um, I have family that's a part of my team. I have a licensed psychologist that's a part of my team. I have two um, licensed uh, family therapists that are part of my team. And I have pastors that are part of my team. Like Pastor Jared from Higher Vision, great church out here. He and I are meeting on Wednesday. And so where I got this book from, by the way. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah, that's my guy. So we were just talking the other day, and I was like, you know, let's chop it up because he always calls me. We always go hang out, do golf. But why am I saying that? Um, I and you're you guys, y'all my support team too, right? Zulu's on my support team. I've got to get help from multiple people and multiple angles. But what I'm learning now is to take data and make my own choice instead of always looking for others to make my choice. Ooh. But I've got to get an aerial view of what I look like because I can't see it, can't see it. But they see it and they help operate. And the Holy Spirit helps me keep this thing all together. I may mess it up sometimes, but he's like, just get back under the hood and let me do work. So 
I love it, man. Mm. And I love you giant, man. We, bro, we love you too, man. We love you, man. I was for sure that I was going to cry today. I'm glad Thomas did. It was me. It was me. And you know, it's beautiful <laughs> seeing that because I'm a big crier and a hugger. But I'm like, God put tear ducts in our eyes because literally when we release it, it releases stress. Mm. And so I was so grateful for this, man. I really am. And I look forward to more shows with you guys. Yes, sir. Straight up, man. Straight up. Uh, yo, man, just remember, you guys are giants out there. Uh, but sometimes giants don't see, don't see it in the mirror. But just know that people see you out there as giants, man. Because, um, you know, you might be looking in the mirror. You might not see that you're a giant. You might just you might not see anything. But everybody else, man, they see you as giants out there, man. So go get it, man. Make it happen. Thomas, you got anything you want to close out with today, Doc? No. I th- nope. Nope. Like, follow, <laughs> comment, share. Um, yeah, if you get, I, if you didn't get value value from this, uh, your heart's probably not beating. So I know that you got value <laughs> if you stuck it out, man, and uh, and share this, uh, spread the word. There, there's a lot of good stuff there as far as the support group and things like that. So, not to beat a dead horse, but uh, you know we got to get right, and uh, and sometimes that requires help. That's it, man. Hey, well, guess what, man. Uh, hey, TP, uh, was there anything you have yeah, you got going on, man? Anything anything going on uh, that you want to let the folks know about? Hey, Any follow upcoming? the Pastorpreneur, Please too. do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Check that it. out, man. All platforms. Yeah, man. Uh, I, you know, my gram, I'm, I'm constantly now putting out uh, just, you know, all my stories. I put messages and, you know, um, just learning to continue to serve. Um, while in Midian. And so uh, if any of my social platforms help you and minister to you, great. Um, And we talked about it. Um, The Lord put it on my heart to start a podcast. I'm not going to talk about it until it's done. And then I'm going to have you guys on. Um, But just a way to just get back. I'm I'm thinking about calling it Time with Tommy or Talks with Tommy or something like that. So uh, I'm just learning, man. I'm on a journey to to find Tommy um, and to, to with God's help. So I'm glad to be here. And uh, it's all about just raising champions up, man. And so let's do it all together. Yes, sir. Straight up and down, man. Hey, but guess what? Without no further ado, no pressure. No diamonds. Let's get it. We appreciate you sticking with us to the end. And if you did, we know that you enjoyed that episode. Because you enjoyed that episode, we're going to ask that you like, comment, subscribe, and share this episode with a friend. By the way, take a look at the website at npndpodcast.com. You're going to find all of our previously recorded episodes, all up and coming episodes, clips, and uh, and there's a ton of great stuff there. That's npndpodcast.com. Take a look at that and then we'll catch you on the next one.